calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, what were you talking about? Ghosts, nightmares, nightmares forever. Mm. Um, Speaking of which, we could be living in one right now because we're recording this before the midterms. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put that in there. I'm diking out. You're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast for women who love women, humans who love funny, and dogs that hate silence. I'm Carolyn Berchier. <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today we're going to be diking out with comedian, writer, and musician Lane Moore. But we'll have more on that later when she joins us in the studio because she is a busy lady right now. She sure is. You're going to hear all about it and what she has going on. It's all very exciting stuff. Yeah. But until that happens, uh, what's, what's shaking, Sarah? Oh, you know, just, just living my life. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I moved to Bushwick, which is great. Yeah. I posted a photo of an Instagram of my beautiful street in this magical time in New York where we have fall for five minutes and the trees are wonderful. No, it's, it's already Christmas in New York. It is. Yeah. (laughs) It's officially Christmas. Um, I love my new neighborhood. More importantly, my new roommates have a dog. And what kind of dog? She is a pit bull. She is, uh, about nine years old. So she's like kind of old and slow. She's so cute. She has one eye and she's very, very sweet and snuggly. And on my first night or my first morning in my new apartment, the day after I moved, um, I heard a, a little sound outside my door at like eight o'clock of like kind of a snorty breathing and her little head, like, well, she has a huge head, but like kind of nuz- nuzzling the door. And I opened it and she came in and she jumped on my bed and snuggled with me. And it was the best thing in the world. And I love dogs so much that I could just cry thinking about them. Oh, and it's man. like so fun to live with a dog again. It sounds like a good dog to uh, take with you if you're going to spend the day at one of those Wi-Fi centers on the sidewalks yeah. of New York. Yeah. And I get a lot of sympathy yeah, when I dog. Yeah, she looks like a scary dog, but she's absolutely not a scary dog yeah. at all. Oh, no. People people love uh, dogs with missing eyes and limbs oh, totally. in New York. Yeah, they freak absolutely. out. They yeah. freak out, which I always think it's a funny 
contrast, the way that people will see like a three-legged dog and they're like, oh my God, what a hero. Mm -hmm. Is he a rescue? And then meanwhile, there's like a veteran who's homeless on the side and you just are like, oh, I'm not making eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Right? Totally. And I've been guilty of that before. Uh, Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of nice. It's really nice living with a dog because... She's just really sweet, and I love her a lot. One-eyed person on the subway, nope. do not stare Avoid. at. Yeah, yeah, do not look at. <laughs> pretend you didn't notice. Yeah, One-eyed dog, come in bed with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally get in my bed. <laughs> Dogs have it good. Yeah. That's the what life. about you? What's going on with you? Oh, you know, finished watching The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, so God. I have nightmares for life. No thanks. The Karina, sick- are you watching? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Sixth Sense is the scariest movie I've ever watched in, in like, from front to, to back. Uh, this is legit. I've heard it's it's absolutely it's horrifying. It's very scary. Yeah. My sister texted me, and her, for some reason, her sales pitch to get me to watch the show was that it's it's ruined her life. She's ha. like, this show has ruined my fucking life. You should watch it. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I don't do scary. So my sister's watching it, too, and my nephew, I guess, had a nightmare, and ran into their room in the middle of the night and he's only three so and he he's never done that before Mm -hmm. but it was right after she watched one of the scariest episodes in the season and uh it just like really freaked her out because she's like oh my god because like the kids keep seeing ghosts in in the house so So she's like oh my gosh what if there's yeah what if there's like a spirit in the house a scary movie will get into like my soul and it will never leave like it's like a curse that follows me forever like i can't i can't forget I can't like separate what's happening on the screen from real life. Like yeah. I can't, I, I suspend disbelief to the point that I, I feel like I'm in the story and I don't do that with any other genre. Like I don't, I don't get really into any kind of movie, but like if I watch something scary, I feel personally like it's happening to me and it like, I, I it gives me like literal nightmares and I get like physically ill from violence and gore and jump scares and I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, this one, it's not too gory, and I i like this show a lot. I think it's very well done, and I like, well, I like that there's a lesbian, and then I also like that a hot lesbian, and then I also, a very hot lesbian. <laughs> okay, and then fine, I think, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also like that at the end when they wrap it up, it gets, like, very philosophical, and there are some things in it, and... Um, the way they talk about fear, I think, is very interesting and um, very relevant kind of to the times that we're living in because a, a lot of fear – I mean, so there's like real fear, like that um, gut instinct that women have for our safeties mm-hmm. when we are crossing the street and we see someone, we're like, oh, no, that's not good. I'm scared. And mm-hmm. that's like legitimate fear. But then there's fears that require a um, a suspension of rational thinking like and my fear of lava. Like like your fear like of Like I'll never come in contact with it. And, but I'm and, terrified of it. And the fear of, you know, again, people in Wyoming who think Sharia law is coming. Oh, like that. Of th- course. Those kind of fears right, too. Right, right, right. So, but it's, but it works. It's, so, it's such a strong thing that you can motivate people with fear. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Fox that's News does it every day. So yeah. That's literally like all they do. Uh, yeah, no, not going to watch it at all. This is so 
passe in the news by the time this episode comes out, but the Chris Wallace on Stephen Colbert. Did you watch that clip? No. Okay. So Chris Wallace from Fox News is on Stephen Colbert and uh, Colbert basically challenged him on all the the lies that Fox News has been spewing about immigrants in the caravan, uh, which at this point probably still isn't anywhere close to our country. Mm-hmm. And Chris Wallace called it an invasion on his show, and Stephen Colbert made a really snarky remark about it, and uh, but then also challenged him on repeating false facts because he was saying that asylum seekers with catch and release, like only 10% of them show up at their court date. And Colbert was like, that's not true. And he's like, yes, it is. And he's like, okay, but if I have somebody fact check this right now and the majority of asylum seekers, uh, do show up, do do show up, how wrong would you be? And he's like 40% wrong because he lumped it in with another statement and it was wow. true. It was like 60 to 70% of them show up for their court days. So how, here's one thing that I've been having trouble with lately. Like, I like that he had him on that show and specifically called him out for that sort of thing. But at what point do we stop giving additional platforms to these people who are fucking lying to us all the time? So I'm okay with giving them a platform if you're going to call them out, but like, you know, someone like Chuck Todd yeah. on Meet the Press isn't really calling them out or just he'll call them, them out once and then not really back it up. Whereas Colbert was saying, you know, he had a really good um, analogy because he was like asking him why he won't go after Trump and rip him to shreds over some of this stuff. He goes, because some of the stuff he's doing is good. And he's like, okay, but if I mix poison with a glass of water. There's still water in the glass, which is good, but I'm not going to drink it because it's poison and it Mm -hmm. will kill me. So how can you just... That's a good way of putting that. Yeah. And and he really, he actually really pushed him and got him to say that Trump's rhetoric about the media is is very harmful and It's literally inciting violence. Yeah. And he got him to admit that, but it was... I'm like, oh man, I wish, you know, well, I wish no one, most, no one backs them into a corner and then doesn't let up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these people, every once in a while, they'll get a hard question, but reporters for the most part are accepting the, they're not, even if they're not accepting their lies as truth, yeah. they're simply not drilling down on the lies. Like the way that I'm so fucking tired of the way that news is presented in a way that's like the headline just says Trump says, and then the things they says, but yes. it doesn't say he said a thing that is not true. It just says, yeah. well, he said it. And that's like, that's not the fucking news. Yeah. You it's have to a say lie. that he inaccurately yeah. that or else people see the headline that, you know, we're being invaded by. Right. A headline is like Trump says Mexican people are invading the border, but it's like, okay, well you need to follow that by saying, and that's absolutely not true. Yeah. It's It's like, I don't know. I, this is probably not a new phenomenon, but it definitely feels like it's pretty fucking new in the Trump era of journalists and reporters not doing their jobs in a way that's like, you, you, they're not seeking truth. They're seeking balance of yeah. like opinions. And when one side is right and the other side is wildly wrong and can be proven, it's, they're demonstrably wrong in a lot of ways. Why are we giving, why do we have to do the both sidesism thing? Like fucking Barry Weiss writing pieces in the New York Times or, you know, 
these opinion pieces, all this real estate that the New York Times is giving people in their in their in their paper, just for the sake of like, just for the sake of having the other opinion involved when mm-hmm. the other opinion is garbage. It's not true, and in yeah. fact, it's like dangerously not true. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems it just seems like that's one of the biggest problems is journalists not doing their jobs. Yeah, and the ones who are obviously are subject to threats and things like that. I get it, but. No, I mean, I hate to attack journalists more than they're already being attacked, but I feel like they, because um, the tactics are working so well that they're trying so hard to prove that they're not fake news and Mm -hmm. they are becoming this vehicle to um, communicate language that's not true. This is a really funny conversation we're having. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, (laughs) it's a relevant one. It's important. Okay, so today we're diking out with comedian, writer, and musician Lane Moore about Tinder. And I don't even know where to start with this intro because uh, you do so much and so many awesome things. Uh, Lane is the lead singer of the band It Was Romance, and their debut album was named a record to watch by AV Club. Uh, I also own it and listen to it a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to jump in with joy. That's okay. Great. Continue. Continue. <laughs> I know it's long. She's also the host of the wildly popular Tinder live show. In uh, 2016, she won a GLAAD award for her work with Cosmopolitan for best overall magazine coverage. And her first book, How to Be Alone, comes out in November and is available for pre-order now. Well, it's actually available now when this episode yeah. comes out. So Yay. go Buy it, yes. please. Um, and you were also recently retweeted by the ultimate Daikon Ellen DeGeneres, yeah. which <laughs> that was a big is day. probably the biggest moment big in day. your career, yeah, right? That's probably the biggest, the biggest of the things. Like there were people who were like, "Did you see the Ellen thing? Are you like an Ellen fan?" I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I've been doing like. <laughs> I was doing stand-up in my, like, childhood, like, uh, Sunday school classes. Like, if you think that a little queer child does not know right. who Ellen is, like, <laughs> yeah. she knows. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. She's our North Star. We know who she is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have, like, 12 people, like, in terms of representation in, in media. Yeah. Do you know one of the 12? It's like, yeah. <laughs> my mom knows one of the 12. Right. Everybody, everybody's mom. Everyone's mom is her biggest fan, basically. Our yeah. moms like her more than we do. I was, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, our, mom, our moms like her more than they like us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Which is a different problem. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is when people find out that I'm a lesbian comedian, they're like, oh, are you a big fan of Ellen? I'm like, oh, just because I'm a lesbian. <laughs> right. And that's they the, get that's so the only nervous. one you could like. Well, and like, <laughs> I'm like, no, the I love real her. demographic, though, is like straight house moms. I think so. You know, like yeah. if someone's or like, just oh, like, there's I'm... something off about her, but in the right way. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like that's the mom yeah. Ellen takes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's yeah. like the way that people were with Rosie O'Donnell in the 90s, where it's like, I just like her. I don't know what it is. And it's like, is that she's gay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, no, no, I don't think that's it. She she wouldn't. She yeah. wouldn't do it. Like, right, like right. A, like a murder. No, she said she like thinks Tom. Tom Cruise yeah, is she handsome. loves Tom Cruise. No, no, no. My no. grandma was like, so Tom upset. Like, Tom the weakest beard ever. Yeah. My grandma was so upset that the Tom Cruise crush was, like, oh, not She was a shipping real them thing. and it didn't work out? Yeah. She was really hoping <laughs> it was so going to work funny. out for those crazy kids. Everybody was. And you're just like, did people have different eyes then? Like, I remember seeing... Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was, like, 10 or 11 when that was happening. And yeah. even I was like, mm, I, I don't re- know about this. I know. I remember being, like... There's no chemistry. Our queer spidey sense was totally, like, Totally, no. totally. I was just like, gay? Maybe also gay. I don't... What? No. Yeah. Like, 
just seems like uh, a lot. Yeah, of, it really set off a lot of a lot of internal radars. That yeah, I later totally. identified. Were yeah, I didn't know radar. what they were, but I was just like, nope, I don't, <laughs> I don't see it. And you wonder, like, if you really do come into the world with like a different, I don't know, yeah, senses, yeah, <laughs> superior senses. Who can say? Right, superpowers. Right. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your book. Yeah. Um, so it's basically about um, a lot of the things that we have joked about thus far, um, but uh, so. I wanted to, I guess, because it's about so many things. Um, I don't have, like, a elevator pitch yet. Mm-hmm. I should probably get one. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> well, no you already got it published, so you don't really exactly. need a pitch. I don't yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> I know, but it's just, like, it's not one thing where it's, like, it's about this. Yeah. But um, I didn't – I raised myself as a kid, and I've been alone pretty much my whole life. And so um, it's it kind of goes through that, like, just basically, you know, I know not everybody's story is as extreme as mine is, but, like – Um, I think a lot of people and especially queer people like didn't have the best home lives. And I've really, Mm -hmm. the more I started doing therapy and my own kind of, you know, writer exploration and comedy exploration was like, oh, every single friendship, uh, way I've interacted at, at jobs, um, every single relationship I've had is all mirroring my childhood relationships with my family, like Mm -hmm. every single one. And we don't really talk about it and it's so deep. And so I kind of wanted to, um, break down how, feeling really alone and really other my whole life has affected me as like a super hopeless romantic little kid. And as like a queer teenager who was obsessed with like doing seances with her best friend she was in love with. That is totally in the book. There's a, a good deal of witchcraft. Um, <laughs> uh, naturally. Uh, I'm going to order 10. Witchcraft. Exactly. <laughs> I'll order 10 of those. Exactly. Right exactly. Um, I feel like that's, that's such a story. I, I told a story about um, my queer teen witchcraft at a storytelling show a few years ago. And I remember being like, I hope this story like ends up being in like a broader audience. And so I'm really glad that um, it's, it's part of the book, but then, you know, kind of goes into just different patterns I played out in relationships. And I also talk a lot about biphobia and gender and things like that. And how even, you know, even lesbians can be really shitty about um, bisexual and queer and fluid mm-hmm. people. And they it's can. like, it's sucks Absolutely. and sometimes worse yeah. than men. And you're like cis dudes and you're like, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I do talk about a relationship with um, a woman who I dated who just, like, just straight up told me, like, yeah, I just I don't trust bisexuals. Like, I just don't like them. And, like, we weren't in a relationship, which is, like, I just don't trust them. I just don't think they're – I think they're going to cheat. Like, I just – and I was, like, wow, you think That's I'm a, pretty, a slutty uh, yeah. cheating. Man, cheating. lesbians, cool. you are only hurting yourselves by really having really that attitude. <laughs> I'm, like, the most – and the – the interesting thing, this person cheated on me. So <gasps> what do you know? Yeah, no spoilers, <laughs> but it's, oh, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, it was not great. So it's mm-hmm. just, but, you know, I, I talk about my relationships with men and women and, you know, all genders with one of the things I thought was really a cool opportunity in this book is to talk about them in the exact same way. Like, I think so often yeah. in queer spaces, it's like, dating women's better. Dating men is trash. And, you know, in in straights, in straight spaces even, it's just like, oh, I wish I could just date women. It'd be easier. And there's all this weird things. And the fact is, like, I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to. Whatever their gender identity is, is so relevant to me, always has been. And I think we need more of those stories mm-hmm. because it's true for so many people. And I'm just so sick of hearing shitty queer by jokes I'm just so tired like we're all just so tired yeah (laughs) it's so I'm like the least you know it feels silly to even have to say but like I'm a super hopeless romantic I'm monogamous not that you know there's any other way to be that's wrong but it's just you know the cliches about queerness and bisexuality is just like you want to screw everyone and you can't be faithful and you don't blah 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 blah. and it's just like oh 
I think no. part of that probably comes from a place like when I was first kind of figuring myself out, I definitely was guilty of that um, in saying like I would never date a, a bisexual girl. But I was also like 20 years old at that time. Yeah. And like now it to me, it feels like that was coming from a place of jealousy of feeling like maybe bisexual women are able to like get through the world in an easier way. Oh my than, God, it's way worse. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I, that's, that was my, yeah. my totally, train of thought totally, at the time. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm just telling it's just 20 like, year old you that right, you were right. wrong. Yeah. Oh, she was Which wrong about a lot knew. of things. Yeah. Which you already knew. No. She yes. was wrong about almost everything. It's crazy. And not to like, you know, be a momentary bummer, but like they've done studies that like bisexual and queer women, you know, who are attracted to more than one gender, I guess I'll say, um, face like the highest levels of like partner violence and like sexual yeah. violence. And, and mental illness. And mental illness. And depression. And all these things. It's like, yep. We had an episode about this, and um, we had our guest Mae Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. I love her, yeah. And uh, she said, you know, being bisexual or pansexual just means that uh, she's open up for or open to everyone disappointing her, yeah. <laughs> or like, like, like totally. every, everybody can make her miserable. Yeah, <laughs> totally, exactly, exactly. Like and, I like, yeah, but mine what, is more like, yeah, I'm attracted to everyone, and yet I'm like still single, and so I'm like extra alone because yeah. I have way more opportunities. Yeah, and it's just like, hmm, and yet none of them are working <laughs> for me. It's really cute. Um, so that's. Because that's always what it is. Just like you can fall in love at, love at any time. And I'm like, and yet I almost never do. <laughs> like, and that's the, I think that's the like bisexual queer reality is it's just like more options and somehow less options. Yeah. Because, because of that. But yeah. that's, that's I hope fun. I hope the tides are turning. I feel maybe it's because we're, we're in this bubble where we talk to so many uh, queer women who mm-hmm. don't identify as being, you know, lesbian and um, are, are open to more genders mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, we're all getting so cool about this. Finally, it's in a good place. Yeah. But I, I think there's, but I'm also naive and thinking that all that stuff is in the past because it, it is like very real oh, yeah. and, uh, there's still so much biphobia and just, I definitely not know being in that world. Women I, who like would not date a woman who identifies still? as queer or bisexual. Totally. Yeah, Stop I do. So and it's insecure, yeah. ladies. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, well, and that's why, and it's like, I talk, I talk so much about that in the book of like all of the like extra leg work that you have to do. Of, yeah. Like if you're on, on, on a dating app, like when I was an okay Cupid, you know, you'll oh, change man. it to, to lesbian or you'll change it to straight yeah. Yeah. because if like cis dudes see that you're, um, attracted it, that you're bisexual is just like threesome city, and if women see that you're bisexual, it's just like they're gonna cheat, and you're just like, okay, never mind. I guess I'm a lesbian now. If I'm looking for women, but also that doesn't acknowledge other genders or gender right. fluidity at all. This is all awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I'm so tired. Oh my god, I spent I logged a lot of hours on OkCupid back in the day. It's not good. Yeah. Speaking of, let's, should we talk about Tinder? Let's talk yeah. about Tinder because yeah, you are the, the Tinder expert. Totally, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So first, I, I refer to myself as the mayor of Tinder. The and mayor I'm, of Tinder. It I hasn't caught on yet, but I'm hoping if enough kids hear me say it. Yeah. I love it. Yes. <laughs> We're going to retitle this episode. Yes. <laughs> We're With here the mayor, the mayor of Tinder. Yes. <laughs> Yay. That's all I wanted out of 2018. <laughs> so and for the world to be wildly different. <laughs> <laughs> just those two. That's all I wanted. Just like a deep fundamental change exactly. to the world. Is that so much to ask for? Seriously, God. Ugh. Can you give our listeners an overview of what Tinder Live is? Absolutely. Yeah, so I go um, on my Tinder on a big screen, a projector screen, and the audience watches me go through my Tinder live, and we um, go on all the... We, we analyze profiles, um, and then the audience votes whether I swipe right or left. Um, often the audience will like know somebody who is on the screen, and that's so fun. Um, I do only do... Um, I only, like, we only go through profiles of um, 
of like cis dudes because um far as I far far as I know. Um because I'm just like anybody else like is just like made fun of enough. Like mm-hmm. we're fine. Like and you gotta punch up. And it would be so boring with women. Yeah. So boring with women. So boring you'd be like, oh wow, she's pretty. She seems amazing. You yes, know, like exactly. Literally all the bubbles <laughs> of women, you're just like, wow, she's just living her life. Like yeah. and sometimes people in the audience and Every now and again, like, yeah, queer women will be like, why don't you do queer women? And I'm like, because most queer women are just living their lives. Like, even mm-hmm. if their profiles are, like, a little bit over the top, I'm like, okay, but your yeah. lives are still, like, very hard. Like, yeah. I don't care. But, you know, but even with the, even with the, the, the sisters profiles, it's like, it's still very, it's still very kind. It's not any sort of evisceration. It's just that the, their profiles are so ridiculous <laughs> and they will talk to you for hours if you just seem, like, I play a character on the show who's just like, Something's wrong with her, but she's very horny. Like I think is the best way to describe it. Like yeah. I think you just described Twitter, actually. Maybe, maybe <laughs> like all of Twitter. Is that what it Something's is? Something's wrong with them, but they're very horny. Oh yeah, that might be. I know. I always feel like if we met up, but like nothing would ever happen. Like yeah. if you met a bunch of people from Twitter in real life. Oh my life, god, like, I no would one love would, that. No one would. But like no one. But I would also. I think it would be really disappointing. Like It'd I would really expect a lot of like big personalities, but really it's just a bunch of introverted no, people on their phones. You wouldn't get it when I've gone yeah. to like. And this like has been very ups. rarely. Yeah. When I've got, yeah. I almost just said Twitter parties, which is, I don't know which one we said is worse. Um, <laughs> but, and yeah, most people, it's just like a lot of silent people just okay. sitting close to, you're like, oh, what is this? Cause I'm the same pretty much on Twitter mm-hmm. as I am in real life. But a lot of people on Twitter, you're just like, oh wow. You're just like, just like yeah. a person. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. I can't imagine like. Being that, I don't know, different, I guess. And so you're messaging live with these guys. Yes, so I message live show. with them. And um, yeah, and it's just this, like, okay, I'll like, kind of give an example so you can get like a, a vibe of Tinder Live. Like uh, there was a guy's profile came up recently and it was just like such a classic Tinder Live moment where um, his profile was like, I bet I love anime way more than you do. And I, <laughs> I bet and you I, do. Yeah, and I messaged him, and I was like, what's anime? <laughs> and it's like, that's what Tinder Live is. And he, like, wrote back, and he was like, LOL. And I was like, what's funny? Why are you laughing? I don't know what it is. So you're just trolling. I love I don't this think character. Of it as, I don't think of it as trolling, because trolling, to me, has such a negative, mean connotation. Yeah, yeah. So I just think you're, of it as, like, You're not trying to, like, agitate these men. No. Because you're just giving them an opportunity to, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's like, it's like the guys that you'd be like, you'd see that profile and you go, oh, I don't want to talk to this person. Like, that's who I want to talk to. And yeah. yeah. Like the guy who's like already yelling at the woman and being like, I know more about this. Yeah. And so when we were talking, um, he was just like, oh, it's a type of like Japanese animation. And I sent him like a gif from the Aristocats. And I was like, is that it? <laughs> I don't know. And he was like, he was like, no, that's not it. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just really horny right now. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. And like to me, the reason why it doesn't feel I, I I think I take issue with the word trolling is because like these guys, like if you're if you're still talking to this girl and you're making a choice to talk to this girl, oh, like yeah. you're having the most fun. Like he's oh, yeah. like yeah. laughing the whole time. But I was just like, but yeah. that's my character is just a girl who's just like, what? I don't uh, I don't get it. I don't know. My pussy's just like really wet and I don't know what's going on. Like because I feel like that's what these dudes want. Oh absolutely. It's just exactly like confused and ready. Conf- like, yeah. <laughs> Like, just, like, I love wine and sex stuff. Like just, Yeah. It's, but I love playing her because it's just, she's not me at all, but I feel like. But I that is like, absolutely, like, catnip for dudes. Like, totally. Oh, like, a totally. girl who wants to, me to explain a bunch of shit to her, then fuck her. Exactly. Like, that's exactly. all. 
Exactly. I think that that's it. And it's like, you Which know, one do you think turns them on more? The opportunity to explain shit? Or oh, God, right. It's tough to know. Yeah. Tough to know. Who could choose? Oh, you can't just pick just one. It's like yeah. glazed potato chips. Um, <laughs> what is trickle-down economics? And they're like, well, pull up a chair, sweetheart. Yeah. Well, I've got just, a lecture for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad because, well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not sad. It's fine. It is what it is. And it, it, there's a lot of joy that comes from that sadness, which is like the sweet spot of everything I make. But, um, uh, but it's like it, that character very much came from when I was on, on Tinder and other dating apps and I was being myself and like having a soul and needs and, you know, uh, was intelligent and spirited. And I just feel like guys were like, (laughs) and I was like, Oh, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to just be like, I'm so dumb and my boobs are huge. Like they do. They're like, yes. Yeah, they want you to be, uh, like, a cartoon character, like, a two-dimensional, Totally. Like, yeah. They want that, like, Marilyn Monroe, but, like, right. actually dumb. Like, just I think a rabbit she was brilliant, with, like, yeah. Totally. Like, that, that kind of, yeah, But a totally. baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just a <laughs> rabbit. an actual baby. But an actual baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what my gender life character is, just oh a rabbit, God, but a baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh but God. I think, but what I love is that there are, are, it has such a strong queer following, which I think is so great, because, like, It'd be very easy just to be like, oh, this is a straight dating show. I'm like, well, first of all, it's not because, A, a queer person created it, so it's queer Mm -hmm. as hell innately. Um, And second of all, like, I think – I mean, it's just funny. It's just like – it just kind of crosses all Mm -hmm. lines and I think – I don't know. It makes people feel less alone because all genders, all sexuality, like, we're all frustrated by online dating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no one who's like, it's always gone well for me. And yeah. there are, but it's like those people need to like, I mean, I've met a lot of people through it, but it's never been something, it never, never a long-term thing. Like my longest relationships yeah. have been people I've just met organically, but, um, yeah. Oh, that's the, that's the stuff. I mean, I've only had one, I've had one <laughs> two year relationship with a woman who was straight, identified as straight until she yeah. met me. And then like, Oh, it, I know. I, I heard how you said that. Like yeah. you said it in like the no, chillest, like, Oh, that it wasn't, had nothing to do with me, but like, I mean, you know it did. It did. <laughs> You know it did. You know it did. But I've I've met I met a ton of people who I'm still friends with because we had like one really fun date and then it just kind of like fizzled out, which is like kind of what I do. And it was great. But now I'm on uh, Bumble. I'm not sure how I feel about Bumble. Have you ever used it? I have. Okay, so people are always like, "Go do that. It's better." And for me personally, the way that I date and what I like, like I'm very much like. I think it's, like, the girliest thing about me is, like, how I like to be treated in dating. Like, I want to be mm-hmm. courted, and I want to be asked out, and I mm-hmm. want to be, like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want is to, like, send the first message. Right. The last thing I want is to initiate that because – and I'll do it. I'll Like, I, I've done it on Tinder a lot, you know, but I don't want to because there is a part of me that's, like – and I think this is a problem because everybody feels this way. Like literally everyone feels this way, which is like, I don't want to send the first message because I know I'm great. Prove that you're great. But yeah. everyone feels but like that. But if everyone's doing that. So then nobody right. sends a message. But it's just, I, I'm aware that's like not a good quality. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> but do I don't want to send the first message, I guess, is the whole point of that. So right, it's like, right. I know why people like it, but I don't want to do that. Because nine times out of ten, they'll just be like, ha-ha. And I'm like, this is hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm in mean, hell. Like, because yeah. now I feel like I'm in a stand-up show. Right, we're like making even less money. Like, I already oh, fucking God. do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, now I'm just like entertaining you. This is, I just like, it's just like joke, haha, joke, haha, and I'm just like, kill yeah. me. Yeah, this is awful. Yeah. Do the guys on uh, that you're messaging with on the live show um, find out that they're part of a show ever, or like after the fact? Sometimes, or sometimes come I'll back tell around? them. Like, honestly, I would say. 
At some point, you're going to get too famous doing this to where people are going to know. Totally. Which, what a beautiful problem. Like, Absolutely. every time I think about that, I'm like, good for me. Yeah. <laughs> good for me whenever that happens. That's great. But, um, but I think that um, I've definitely told some people afterwards, like, <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm like, do I tell? How much of this do I tell? Um, well, okay. So, two nights ago... Um, I actually met up with a dude who, um, yeah, screw it, I'll tell a story, it's fine. Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I can, like, feel people, like, hearing, like, what is she worried about? I'm like, never oh, mind. Oh, no, you're, you're good here. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, there was, so I tour, I tour the country with the show, and um, I was in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and um, there was a guy who came up on the show, and he was this, like, 70s-looking rocker dude. Oh, is that where you're from? Yay! It was wonderful. <laughs> it was like one of the best crowds. It was so good. I loved it there. Um, this guy came up and um, he was like this like seventies rocker dude, and um, he's wearing bell bottoms. And so I spent the whole show trying to steal his jeans. So I was like, "Hey, so where are you located? And like, what's your waistband size? And like, what's your hip size? And like, what's your inseam? And like, oh, how many of those do you have? Are they in a closet? Like, just like I don't know what I said, but the whole crux was just like me constantly trying to steal his jeans and him being like, "Stop trying to steal my pants!" And I was like, "What? No, huh? I just." Just give me your jeans. Like, why are you being so weird about this? And he was like, well, give me your ring. And I was like, no, give me your jeans. And I just had the weirdest. And this is all on stage. So after the end of that night, like, he was really funny. And he, like, so often the guys who talk, who I'm talking to on Tinder Live are so, like, actually fun to talk to that, like, I will at the end just be like, just so you know, you were on the show called Tinder Live. Like, you were such a joy to talk to. You, like, rolled right along with it. Because I think, I think that, more guys than not who I talk to on the show are not guys who are like, I love how stupid you are. Yeah. <laughs> are actually just like, this girl's really funny. Like, I yeah. think that yeah. there are guys who like, who who get it on some level. Like, whether right. they're being serious or not, they're just like, this girl's hilarious. This is really cool. Yeah. And they're actually responding to that. So I don't think it's as, as cynical of a view of that. But... So he and I start talking. He's like, he's like, are you serious? He's like, that's so cool. I wish I, I wish I'd seen it. That sounds like an awesome show. And I was like, yeah. And um, he was like, I knew something was up. I was, I, you know, but you're kind of weird and I'm kind of weird. I just thought it was cool. I was like, that's really sweet. So he and I stayed friends, follow each other on Instagram. He would like message me when he had like girl trouble, and I would like message him when I, when I was like having trouble with dudes. And um, uh, so then he was like, I'm gonna be in town. Um, my band is coming to Brooklyn. If you want to come, I'll like put you on the guest list. And I was like, I'll see this through. Yeah. yeah. So I went and went to go see his band play and did something happen? Who can say? But, <laughs> the, the, but it was like the most beautiful, like, oh, wow. This is, is a rom-com. This is, this is a rom-com. This is kind of a rom-com. Yeah. And like, yeah. it was just the lovely, it was like the loveliest experience. And he was just like, it was so amazing meeting you. Like, this is so great. And like still friends and it's just like this is the coolest outcome of this of just like and he is this like really lovely person that I'm like this is so great and like pretty I don't know like a pretty uh, a pretty cool dude like there were just certain things he said about like queer people and I was like oh you're like a, okay yeah, yeah 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 great I feel like just hearing straight straight men use any kind of um I don't know queer terminology at all yeah. there's something about you that's like hello right yeah. like as a, as a queer woman because it's like because you're balancing those parts of you. It's like right. you don't want to feel like, even if you're dating, you know, like a cis heterosexual dude, you don't want to feel like, I don't know, like you're totally removed from, mm-hmm. like they don't get you at all. And then that's a part of you that doesn't exist. Yeah. Or they're yeah. pretending doesn't exist. So they don't acknowledge it. Like it's it. a different version of you that you have to be in front of that person. Or totally. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because you feel like they're like sexualizing your queerness mm-hmm. or whatever. Ugh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I feel this like is why I'm single. I'm just th- like, it's exhausting. No, thank you. <laughs> this would make a good sequel to uh, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, but where Janine Garofalo and Uma Thurman are the same person. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's I just don't even like, have emotions for how much I love that. That's so accurate. Yeah. Anything I can tie oh. back to that movie, I will. Yeah. 10 out of 10. I remember. Um, I, yeah, I like. I think I just love that movie so much because I love her. Janine Garofalo has done Tender Live, yes. which is so amazing. Like, She's doing so charming. Her uh. Was like, I don't even know how. I don't know how I made it through that show without just like crying the whole. Because she's like, yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm the there with you. She's just and she's incredible and like you. It's exactly, she's exactly what you think she'd be like. She's just like yep. the kindest, coolest, warmest person. She's and so humble. So humble. Yeah. Like the first time I met her, we were honest. Oh, story is so beautiful. First time I met her, we were on a stand-up show together. Yeah. And backstage, I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to be cool. And immediately I was like, no, you're not. And <laughs> I went over and I was like, Hey, I'm late. And it was like, I didn't even wait to yeah. cry. I just literally was like, you had too much to me. And your stand-up was all I had as a kid. And just seeing you and it made me realize there are different types of being a woman. And just like all this stuff. And she was like, oh, my God. She's like, this um, happens all the time. I'm sure she means something to people. And yeah. she should. Yeah. Like she should. Well, the, the just, other half ugh. is people coming up to her and being like, what happened to you? Where'd right. she go? And right. she's like, uh, I'm right in front of you. I'm right you in asshole. front of you. Still doing shit. Yeah. I'm still doing shit. And like great shit. Like just every time yeah. I see her, I'm just like watching her do Tinder Live. You're just like, you're just, sh- just, yeah, just continuously sharp. Just I, like, mm-hmm. I did a stand up show with her and I was like, all right, I'm going to introduce myself to her. It's and terrifying. I, I'm, and then I couldn't do it. I saw her I and I was like, you know, it looks like she's, she's busy in her own head and just like never did it. Yeah. And she's like yeah. tying her shoe and you're like, I know, you know she'll be fine. In the middle of something. I can't, I'm going to leave. I know. Yeah. I, I know. Can't, I can't do this. Well, <laughs> and then I hear she's like, I mean, this, this podcast is just going to be like secondhand information about Janine Garofalo. It, it usually is. <laughs> yeah. It's just all. <laughs> <laughs> but like I heard that she like loves she loves she loves making beaded bracelets and I was like I want a beaded bracelet made by Janine Garofalo I would pay anything anything <laughs> and I think she'd mentioned she was like oh I'm sorry I didn't mention it. I'll bring you in next time and I was like what that yeah. would be amazing anyway, it would she's be so amazing it'd I be actually, all I'd ever wear to the Grammys they'd be like yeah. take it off we have some Neil Lane jewelry I'm like no. never <laughs> this doesn't leave my arm <laughs> I knew this about her that she's really into beading she loves wow. beading yeah which I love about her like shit she's like really that is my heaven it's just like that. i imagined her with one of those purple sparkly caboodles full of like all the beads and stuff totally yeah, exactly just but like doing it in the in a cool way somehow oh she's totally just like, she's like casually beaten and listening mm-hmm. to npr and just saying the funniest coolest shit you've ever heard in your life yeah, yeah. oh god what a dream so great <laughs> uh, she's everything man you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. How often is your show in New York? Every month. There okay, was one last great. night. Every month. Yeah, there was yeah. one last night. Um, so yeah, it's every month. The next one. Is this running in November? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this will be out in a couple weeks. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So the next one in New York City is December 1st. I'm also on tour... At the end of this month, depending on when this is run, you will have either already been to this show or it will be too late for you to attend. Great. Um, I'm in Oklahoma City and Dallas, Texas and a couple other places. You can just, it's like on my Twitter and website and mm-hmm. stuff, but I'm doing a bigger tour in 2019 and stuff. And That's exciting. Going all the places. I love going to different cities and it's like, dude, and I've met like lovely little queer families when I've yeah. been on tour. Like that happened to me. I took the show to Nashville and these two wonderful people came over to me and they were just like, we loved your show so much. Like, this is so great. Like, we want to be your best friend. Like, will you come to a gay bar with us afterwards? And I was like, I'm so tired, but like, yes. Yeah. Like 10 out of 10. Like, I'm here for one night, but I can't think of a better way to spend this. It's and so nice. then one of those girls, who's like a freaking angel, I did a show in Birmingham, Alabama the next night, which if you don't know, because I did not know, that is like semi-drivable. It's like three, four hours or something. Yeah. She drove to go see me at Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, wow. So like the next night. And like we hung out. It was amazing. It was That's just awesome. Like, it was just really cool. And like we're still friends. And the next time I went to Al- the next time I went to Nashville, she was like, if you want to stay with me, you can. And I was like, this is amazing. But like that, all those aspects of like the queer community and like being an artist is like mm-hmm. really, yeah. really like I'm sure you felt they're that. so great. It's like, yeah, it's just, no, they're gee, wonderful. It's, they're it's the thing you people. dreamed of as a kid. You're yeah, like, oh, cool. I mean, you did open mics in London, and we had listeners show no, I, up to it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I did a few so, shows, not open mics. Chills. There's a difference. Not what? I said not open mics. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I don't do stand up. I know she shows. Do she does shows. She's booked on shows. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, it's because open mics are they hell made us and stuff. they're like a punishment. Yeah. Oh, like a yeah. Punishment. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Open mics, you did a lot wrong in your last life, but you have to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we had fans who like made us goods out of yeah. leather. They like, made us like custom, custom leather wallets what? with our initials they, on them. Yeah. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, for, like, cool all of, and my wife. And it was crazy. Now I'm going to go um, to London just for that. I'll just yeah. hang out the around London the fans club. are the best. They're very generous. The Lan- yeah. London fans are wonderful. So cute. I do have That's the point I want to get at with touring is where I just like get trinkets. Yeah. I just want trinkets. You hear yeah. that? You hear that, listeners? We know you're good Send at trinkets. Send me trinkets. You guys Bring love a trinket. Actually, recently, and I know you're going to say a thing, but oh. um, really quickly, recently, somebody, I believe it was a queer woman, I think so, there's a lot of stuff in my brain right now, but um, <laughs> uh, sent me um, sent me a message and said that she read something that I had written about depression, and I like talk a lot about depression on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, and she was like, can I send you like a care package, because I, I was... I've been going through a hard time with mental health stuff lately. And um, 
And she, I was like, sure, please don't use this address to murder me. And she was like, no problem. And she didn't. And, um, <laughs> but she sent me this like beautiful, beautiful package full of like treats for my dog and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who hasn't married you? Right. Yeah. Like why, how, how are there like, I also people? follow you on social media and how is your dog doing after her dental surgery? She's still like, oh. kind of, her name is lights and she's adorable. She's so, she's Magic lights yeah. is a big part of the book as well. Like Great. The, the the love story in the book ultimately ends up being me falling in love with a rescue dog, which is pretty queer. Absolutely. When you think about it, but she's doing a little bit better. Also, what I love about her too is um when I first saw her, uh saw her photo before I um fostered her, because she was a foster fail, which oh, of course cute. Um when I first saw her photo, I was like, oh, what a cute little boy dog. And people always think she is, but it's like, she's a girl. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, she's queer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my little, and that's why yes. I like to like dress her up. I like to dress her up like my ex-girlfriends. Just yeah. like little bow ties. <laughs> little bow ties. Little, little sweater. She has a lesbian accountant sweater that I got for her, which is like a sweater over a button down. Oh, that's so, my oh winter my uniform. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, hers totally. as well. All right. Well, I, I, she so, and I would get along very well. Yeah. You that's don't want <laughs> If you can't find the butch lesbian of your dream, just make your dog. <laughs> Make turn your dog into that, but yeah, I she's love doing, that. She's doing that's okay. great. Yeah, thanks for asking. Oh man. Uh, I, I have one quick self-serving yes, question please, because please. I've never online dated yeah. and uh, my only experience with Tinder was putting my mom on Tinder Wow! <laughs> and it turned out horrible and she ended up getting ghosted and like swore it off. Oh my but, like, God, that would break my heart. I know. Yeah, it was a whole thing. That's, how, oh, how do I yeah. convince my mom to, to get back out there on online dating after her <sighs> one bad experience of a guy who she talked to you on the phone and then he like ghosted her twice, like made plans, set a date. She got her nails done, it's and then he goes to her. Mm-hmm. That man's a full adult, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't even totally. be like, "Well, he's twenty-four. He's still like, he hasn't gone through his Saturn return. Yeah. Like, you can't yeah. even do that. <laughs> you can't even say that shit. No, <laughs> full adult. This is that guy's dad. This is that yeah. guy's dad. He's gone through like three Saturn returns. <laughs> didn't take long for this to become about astrology. Um, but <laughs> it never it does. Never, yeah, does. never does. Never does. Never does. Um, uh, okay. It's like there's a part of me that like feels so bad for your like poor wounded mom that like wants her like maybe not you know what I mean I don't know there's a part of me that's like maybe don't maybe, maybe just don't. like heal yeah. maybe, maybe just like give go out places and like not give up but like don't force it because I've been through times when oh that's so sad getting her nails done like my heart's broken I know um, I have too many feelings for that story <laughs> and so does she um, probably <laughs> but. When I go through moments where, like, I've recently been hurt in some way or whatever and I feel extra vulnerable, I don't believe in the, like, buck up and do it anyway. I don't believe in that. Like, Good. Because I just think it's so insensitive. I think it's, like, pushing your feelings down, which I'm a very feelings-heavy person and I just – and I am very much for embracing them. So I feel like maybe just take – like, have, yeah, I think it's okay to take a break, but maybe just have her meet people elsewhere. Not that yeah. it changes things, but – I think there's a lot of pressure you put on yourself when you're only dating. Like even I do where it's like when I'm on there, I'm just like, are you my soulmate? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so tired. I just want to get married Yeah, (laughs) and buy a house (laughs) and fill it with more dogs. (laughs) But you know, it's like, it just can get really like, I don't know. For me, yeah, it's, I'm on it all the time for work, but like even personally, I'm just like, I just want to get married and die. Yeah. I just am so tired. It's so good. Tired. That's the plan I'm on. And uh, yeah, you're like, well, you're halfway there. You got I'm married. Halfway there. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. waiting for death. Great. Yeah. Aren't we all? But, oh, <laughs> but like, but the, 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 the oh, well, and wait, oh, I'm sorry. I need, I feel, I need to fully articulate my goals. I want to, um, I want to get married, buy the house from Practical Magic, and then die. Oh, <laughs> in wow. that house. This is. 
That's the dream. That's <laughs> the full really dream. It really is. It's been my, like, yeah, the uh, Sandra Bullock from Practical Magic is currently my phone background. And it is so Yes. Clear. So Midnight clear. Margaritas. Oh, <laughs> 10 out of 10. Just like that. I talk about that movie a good deal in the book as well. Because that movie is just so. And then it falls apart in the, like, the third act. Kind of the second. Let's, we don't even need to think about that. It's just let's just remember the good parts. Well, th- this book is really pinging on all of my interests. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Uh, you know, find it, get it at a local bookstore if you can. Yes, if not, absolutely. get it, um, get it online. It'll be at libraries whatever. too, right? Yeah, it'll Great. also be at libraries, all of the places, which I love. Makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. And how can yeah. people follow you on social media? Yeah, um, I'm at Hello Lane Moore on Twitter and Instagram. And there's also uh, a Tinder Live at Tinder Live. Instagram uh, as well. Um, and my band is at It Was Romance Band. And our second record's coming out soon, so maybe I'll oh my God. get to come back. Really? Yeah, dude. Oh, we I'm just, so pumped. We just recorded Yay. it in Nashville. I'm, I'm so, so pumped. And and now we have um, we have uh, a female guitarist, so, nice. which is amazing. And I, I love her, and she's so, yeah, she's amazing and really cool. And she played in... Um, Hunter Valentine. She plays in Hunter Valentine, if you're familiar with them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're, like, super queer. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really, really cool, and she's a badass guitarist, and so I'm really, really excited. Like, just, it's going to be good, and it's very, like, dancey. It's kind of like C.L.E. Goulding, so, like, I leaned oh, into cool. more of the, yeah. like... Amazing. Yeah. I'm really All right. excited. That's so great. Thank you so much, Lane. Thank you so this much for having me. This was so yeah. fun. Yeah. I never want to leave. Never mind. I'm staying. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I don't think I'm going to. I had plans <laughs> today. They're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. All right. Uh, Thanks for yeah. listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, okay, that's the magic of editing podcasts <laughs> is that we're recording this before Lane Moore joins us, yes, but yes, wrapping up the episode as if it was It after. was great. I will preemptively say it was great. I'm pretty sure we nailed it. Yeah, uh, we, we did. We nailed that episode with Lane Moore, and we're lucky to have her. So now it's time for a listener question. All right. This week, we have a, a short question, and I, I like the way it starts, and uh, here we go. Hello, beautiful dykes. There. Well. Done. I'm sold. Hi. (laughs) That's our answer. Hi back. No, Uh, this is a great question. So uh, I'm a trans woman who likes women. I'm wondering what is the stance on dating trans women? I'm pre-op. So does having a sheenus disgust you? Are you into it? Am I fucked if I don't get SRS? I also pass like 98% of the time. So it's a real fear when I have to out myself. Thanks, Fiona from Arkansas. So... I'm going to guess that when you're asking about you, you mean like lesbians and queer women in general, and it's different for for every person. I mean, first of all, I think that you shouldn't be making decisions based on what you think other people are going to be attracted to. You need to be making, this is your body, this is your life, and you should make those decisions based on how you feel, what feels right for you, and you know. And that's it, really. Yeah. I mean. That's what it has to be, for sure. If you like having a Sheena's, great. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then there are options for that, too. There are so many queer women who are open to dating uh, trans women, and then there are some that are not, and that's okay, too. People are attracted to who they're attracted to, and you just have to find the right one. One of our past guests said there is a lid for every pot. Yep. And we believe that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think being upfront about it 
uh, is obviously important, and it, but it is kind of hard. You know, you don't want to start off like a first date right away saying that you have a she knows right, and talking right. about your genitals because that can come off as being presumptuous, like as if somebody is going to be in your pants later or you're going to be in their pants. And that's, you know, if you don't yeah. like non-trans uh, people going on a date don't have to disclose their their genitals. So right. it, it sucks. Honestly, it sucks. It's kind of a unfair thing. And I don't, you know, being a cis woman, um, I don't know what the best way is to go about that, like where you can be honest. Mm-hmm. But um, Well, if- the good thing is like with technology and, you know, some of like the ways we have of meeting people now, like you can... You, there are ways I'm, I'm, I think that you can indicate that like maybe online, like on dating apps and stuff, just as a way for you to not personally get your time wasted by someone. Yeah. So it's not so much a matter of like finding out if you're acceptable to them. It's are they the kind of people that really deserve to be in your life or yeah. deserve to get to know you? And that might be an easier way to sort of cast a wide net, but also be able to filter through people who for whom that might be an issue because it's not your issue. It's it's an issue that other people may have and it's their right to have that, but I think it it would be I think it would uh be beneficial for you to kind of cut through um to to the people who like you know would would be you know into that or or would be like attracted to you um yeah. So I think that's I think for all of us that's kind of a way to like to sort of filter through people. And I also think, and this wasn't the exact question, but if you're meeting somebody organically and they're uh, assuming that you are a cis woman, uh, you know, I don't think you have to necessarily disclose that you're trans right away. Mm -hmm. If it is going to move to a sexual place, uh, that might be something that should be discussed, but... um, but ultimately, it's just about how you're comfortable. So if your question is, like, yeah. should I change my body for other people? Absolutely not. But um, but I think it is possible to kind of filter through people to find, you know, the ones who are attracted to you for who you for exactly who you are, yeah. whatever that means. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, you're in the driver's seat. Like, this is your life and your body. And you, however you feel comfortable, is the right way to be. And you're going to find someone who is lucky enough to see you to see that in you. So, yes. And we hope you find that person Mm -hmm. and that it all works out great. Yeah. Thank you for writing us. Thank you. And listeners, if you're not already follow us at Diking out and on all social media, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, send us your questions. Uh, You can email us diking out at gmail.com or you can send us a message over, uh, over Facebook or DMS or whatever to get a hold of us and we're always happy to answer them uh subscribe to us on itunes leave us a five-star review please you can also (laughs) review us on facebook uh because we had a couple people leave one-star reviews so it'd be nice to balance them out please balance that out (laughs) uh and you can follow me at tgi carolyn you can follow me at the sarah york on twitter and instagram and uh, get out with us again next week bye bye
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.